Hi, dear listener. Welcome to the Young Changemakers podcast, an initiative from Global Changemakers. Your co-hosts Sophie, George, and William are very happy to have you join us today. Over this first season, we'll show you the incredible impact of youth and hopefully inspire you to take action too. Don't forget to subscribe, and if you're ready, let's go! Hi guys, and welcome to the 11th episode of the Young Changemakers podcast series. Today I'll be interviewing Topeka Badal, who's 21 years old from Nepal. Topeka serves as the president for an NGO, a youth-led NGO, which is called We for Change. Um, and her interest lies in engaging young people on adapting a healthy lifestyle and environment. And at, at We for Change, they've implemented five projects with over 20 programs and reaching a total of 5,000 youth since 2014. Topeka is also a proud recipient of the Peace First USA Fellowship, where she mobilized 150 young people to raise their voices for health concerns around air pollution. So I met Topeka last year, the Global Youth Summit in Switzerland back in July. And I must say, she's probably one of the most positive, energetic, exciting young people that I met at the, at the summit. So I'm very excited to share this conversation with you all today. Enjoy. So welcome to Pika to our 11th episode of the Young Changemakers podcast. I'm, I'm again, very excited to have you on, on the show. And of course, I think you're one of the most positive, vibrant and energetic person I met at the, the Global Youth Summit we had back in July. And it was, it was amazing to get to know you. So welcome. Thank you so much. I'm very excited to be a part of Global Changemaker podcast because Global Changemaker has been an amazing part of my life. So I'm really excited for this. And so you're 20 years of age. Am I right? You're still... I'm 21. Okay, you've, you've turned 21. And you're from Nepal. And in Nepal, you're studying forestry science at the Kathmandu Forestry College. Um, so how is, yeah. I want to ask you a bit about Nepal and how did um, growing up in such a beautiful country with that amazing the Himalayas and that sort of environment, did that have an, um, an impact on how you wanted to get involved in, in forestry science and climate, climate activism? Uh, yeah, Nepal is just a beautiful country and I'm so lucky and so fortunate to be born in Nepal. And uh, I was born in, a, a Tarai, in the Tarai region of Nepal, which is, uh, which is like in the rural place of Nepal. And, but fortunately, I have been raised in the capital city, which is Kathmandu. And I'm really fortunate for that. Um, so I have a family of four members. And I'm really very grateful that my parents are so much supportive that in everything I do, they are like always motivating me. They are always motivating me to become a leader. They do something for a change. And that is why I have been... Uh, to this point of my life, it's all because of my, the support of my parents. And talking about my upbringing in Nepal, uh, Nepal is such a beautiful country full of laugh, Himalayas, mountains, diverse biodiversity. But at the same point, it is one of the most vulnerable country to climate change, which is one of the recent biggest problem in the whole world. Right. So, uh, mm. But as Nepal is a developing country, uh, developmental activities are always ongoing here. And 
as we all know that to, for development to happen, there are some sacrifices that needs to be done. And here we can like sense the endangerment of our forests and biodiversity, and there is climate change going on. And before, before I even joined forestry or before I had, before I had been to a part of any such activism, I was a part of my organization, We for Change, where I fortunately got chance to like engage with young people, know about the perspective in, of, in environment, in the protection of environment. And through all these incidents, through the incident of like uh, the condition of Nepal, the degrading condition of environment, the global degrading condition of environment, and also the young perspective uh, towards protection of environment, I was really motivated to work in this sector to know more about this sector to like to for any to for anything to work on we need a little bit of knowledge on that sector so that is what led me to study forestry because i wanted to i love nature i wanted to work for its protection and what better than studying forestry which is linked mm. directly to this sector and forestry is such a diverse subject because it includes forest mountain agriculture agroforestry climate change and every you get a lot of idea in this subject and then you get to know what you want to do in further so this is how i was led towards forestry and uh, talking about importance of studying in this or importance of protecting environment in context of nepal i want to share a small um, campaign or a small incident that recently happened in nepal so nizgard is one of the area where uh, there are lots of forest, uh, which consists of lots of forest area. So, recently uh, there was a there, it was purpose that uh, international airport uh, is to be made in Nizgard. But in here, it was also purpose that 2.4 million trees are needed to be cut down to uh, to make this airport, hmm. right? So it was like uh, for this such developmental work, 2.4 million trees had to be cut down. So. So many, so many people were raising voice against it. So many campaigners, environmentalists were against this. And finally, uh, right now, this uh, this project has been halted. So this can also we can also sense from this incident and how important uh, studying uh, environment, studying why we should protect environment is necessary in today's con context, and especially in developing countries like Nepal, where developmental processes are important and development needs to go along with conservation. Yeah. So yeah, this is why I was really interested to study forestry too. Okay. And yeah, it comes down a lot to like development is important for countries um, lacking infrastructure and that sort of stuff. But at the cost of the environment, I'm, I'm sure that now our leaders and government can should alert to the, the impact of such development projects on, on the environment. So um, I want to... You, you mentioned at the at the summit you had um, on your thirteenth birthday, Topeka. You, your dad took yeah. you to a, a HIV orphanage, and that's mm. that through that experience. That's what got you um, involved in in your organisation where you're currently a president at We for Change. Can you share mm. a bit more about that experience and how how that led to um. to your involvement? Yeah, uh, when I was like thirteen years old, my dad took me to HIV orphanage near my house. So uh, there I was like, he told me that we'll go celebrate with those kids. And we went there and then I was like, all celebrating with the kids. I just, just because distributing chocolates was really great <laughs> in our birthdays. So uh, we, I went there, I distributed chocolates and I saw, I met a girl there 
and there I was like sharing chocolates and uh, I was really happy there but when I saw her she was really sad and I said that it's my birthday don't you want chocolate don't you love your birthdays and mm. one thing she said to me that I don't love birthdays because I hate birthdays because I have to live by calendar and that thing really struck me because I was there celebrating my birthday celebrating the day I was born and there was a girl who had to count her days in the calendars to live every day and through that I really I really was pissed off uh, and I re- was really really very sad and I just came back home and I shared all this thing with my parents and they said that yeah world is not they, sh- they said me that world is not uh, world does not provide justice to all not everyone are lucky so from that day I had a will to work for people work for people living with hiv work for everyone uh, work for justice basically so after mm-hmm. when i was in 11 i heard about organization called refurgin so i i heard about refurgin and i talked with my dad and he said that yeah it's a youth he when he went there he learned about refurgin and he said that yeah, it's a youth-led organization you can go and you can join there so refurgin, i just heard about refurgin i went there and then i learned about it and it was I just loved the concept of free for change and it mm-hmm. was established in 2012 and I had joined in 2014. So uh, I loved the concept of what we for change and I started volunteering in we for change. And from then I've been involved in we for change and I love my journey and I love this place. And I, and I can, I can never forget that incident in my life when I went to the HIV orphanage, because that's something that has led me to the point where I am today. And mm. that is something that, I think every people should know that not everyone are lucky enough to be where they are today, to live, to breathe. So everybody should just respect that they have a life. They have, mm-hmm. they have people around them. They have people, they have happiness. So they should be willing to contribute to someone else's happiness so that someone else could get a justice for life. Mm-hmm. Now it's after several conversations I've had with other people, some of these young change makers, it's been a, a, a current um, occurrence that um, I think it's been like one or two incidences or one experience that has definitely prompted um, people like yourself to get involved and really make a difference rather than dwell on such issues. Um, that's, what's, that's what's really driving them. So Topeka, if you wouldn't mind sharing a bit more about um, We For Change, so you've mentioned you're doing that uh, HIV awareness and I've read that currently there's 40,000 people HIV positive and there's mm-hmm. a lot of stigmatization um, on safe sex practices. How have you managed to um, improve that and um, share a bit more about that, the BUS project there, Topeka? Uh, all right. So we for change is a youth-led organization. So everybody working in we for change are from 16 to 24 years old we are only between 16 to 24 years old all the board of directors members volunteers everybody lie between this age group and we started from 2012 and today we work in five thematic areas uh, we work in environment we work in health we work in disaster we work in civic engagement and among all the cross cutting we work in leadership so there is uh, there is like uh, there are like five thematic areas among which we work for every project and program. So uh, for, as you mentioned, um, the testing bus. So uh, the bus is a free HIV testing bus. It is a modified van where we have modified the van into a moving clinic. And this moving bus 
moves to 10 most affected vulnerable places of tarai region of nepal where the hiv services have not been reached so what does this bus do is this bus moves to every uh, most vulnerable areas of tarai region where we go there and provide free hiv testing in door to door steps of these people and we just test their status and if they are found positive we link them to the art services okay wow that's so so you're going into really remote regions where otherwise that these people who are hiv positive are able to access some um, proper healthcare where they otherwise you may not have even been picked up that's super important isn't it that you've identified those rural communities yeah it's really very important because uh because uh sometimes the excess are not equally distributed and what does this bus does is this bus reaches to the point where the excess are not equally distributed and provide the facilities due to which we can really identify the core vulnerably affected people i really love this project because we can see the on site impact of this project we can really see how well this project is working how well this project is impacting someone's life so this is a really great project and this is a really great initiative definitely and you also as another initiative to roll out awareness on hiv um you you release some some music videos i, I hear a bit of a a tv star now to pika can you share a bit more about those and i heard they went viral in nepal and how that's had a yeah. big impact through social media yeah yeah one of the great thing what we for change does is we uh, we basically use medium such as sports yoga meditation dance and song in order to aware young people in order to aware uh, aware all general public right so mm-hmm. what we did was we made a song named condom song and as a condom is such a great stigma here in nepal people don't usually use the word condom because they feel shy to use mm. this word in front of especially in front of large people so what we did was we made the song after it we made condom song and it was such a great hit condom song was released under our project out loud which is a uh, initiative where we uh, work with migrant transportation workers where we provide them uh, awareness uh, sessions trainings on hiv and aids because transportation workers are one of the most vulnerable population to get transmitted from hiv and aids so we work with them and the lyrics for this song was was uh, was extracted from them so uh, we used to have a dohori uh, session dohori is a, a traditional uh, song competition uh, among male and female in nepal so we just had a dohori about condoms and hiv and aids and we extracted the lyrics from these transportation workers and then we assimilated it and made a song out of it which was a condom song and it was such a great hit because the lyrics the song the music was just amazing and mm. and i was like i was like shocked because it was it was because the lyrics the the tune was really very great and uh, i could sense that my parents were also singing this song in one interval <laughs> because well, yeah it, it it was really great song it's like Oh my darling no use condom <laughs> so it's like uh, it's like it's really really great song it's really you know, funny and yeah i'm going to def- i'm going to find this and if you don't mind i can put it in the show notes so yeah um, people yeah, listening can really check it out because i think it's great how you've um 
yeah, something such as safe sex and HIV, uh, you've sort of, I mean, taken a bit of humor into it, but, um, yeah, done it through, through song and something creative is that is really powerful. Um, yeah, and uh, everyone we're singing it. And also along with condom song, we also have free agile. We have a testing song, which is about the importance of testing. So it was released about a year ago. So there is a testing song and then we have a short movie known as HIV. I am, I am positive, which is also about stigma on HIV and AIDS. So we really use this different methods in order to like reach to general public because nowadays social media has a great reach. Social media mm. works really well. And people are so much engaged in social media that they, whenever they see a title uh, or some, something really very terrible title, they would just click on it and they would watch it. So what better sure. than watching condom song? <laughs> okay, no, excellent. I want to chat um, a bit more about in the case of um, natural disaster in Nepal, um, mm. Topeka. Um, so back in 2015, um, as a lot of people might remember, Nepal experienced the severe earthquakes and they had a magnitude of 7.8 um, and that absolutely uh, was devastating to Kathmandu. I remember seeing on the, the news and seeing the landslides and avalanches and 9,000 people died in that one, one event and over 22,000 suffered injuries. So do you mind sharing a bit more about your, your experience in that natural disaster and then how, how your organization, We for Change, uh, developed that project on disaster um, preparedness um, for community reintegration? and improving resilience like post post disaster yeah it was really a horrible horrible experience for all nepali people because we never had experienced such great disaster because it was it was it was really very hard i I, I can remember that I was studying in my room and mm. everything was shaking. Everything was shaking and we all just ran out of our houses. And we heard news that uh, there is a physical mon. There was a physical monument of Nepal, which is known as Tharara. So it's like nine story tall and we could see all valley from it. And we heard that it had collapsed. The place from where we could see a valley had been collapsed. And we were like, oh my God. We, had, uh, we, we were having a phone calls that Dharara was collapsed. We were having phone calls that all the cultural monuments of, of our Bhaktapur Darbar Square, Kathmandu Darbar Square had been collapsed and, and people were dying, people were getting injured, homes were collapsing, infrastructures were damaged, there were road cracks and, and it was really very horrible conditions. And at the end, we, could, uh, we, could, we knew that our 9,000 people were dead and about more than 30,000 people were injured. It was really a national crisis Gosh, so, yeah. uh, and and not only in april 25 but about 15 there were so many aftershocks and about 15 to 20 days later in 12th may there was again a big earthquake about 7.3 magnitude uh, yeah first there was 7.8 magnitude quake and then Jeez, and the situation yeah. was horrible and uh, what we did was like Everywhere, everybody were volunteering. People were young people. Young, the forces of young people was really seen during the earthquake because all young people were out of their houses, helping just getting 
out there cleaning the rubbers, helping people, donating clothes, donating whatever they could. And the unity of whole nation was shown during that earthquake. And it mm. was really great to see that unity, but the condition, the situation was really horrible. And what We for Change did was, We for Change mainly uh, ran two, two main projects right after the earthquake. So the first one was immediate relief, uh, what, which, were, which was like for three months. What we did was we identified one of the most affected places around Kathmandu Valley, which was Saku. And in Saku's Lambudara, we had identified uh, most affected families, which were 68 families, which were around 68 families, I guess. And we started immediate relief works. We distributed tents, we distributed materials, uh, housing materials, clothes, mm -hmm. blankets, hygiene kits, and children were really very traumatized. So we conducted Olympics, we distributed sport materials, we established child-friendly spaces, spaces, and then we cleaned the rubbers, and we, we had many sports activities. So this was for three months. And then right after the relief, we had recovery process, recovery and restoration, where mm -hmm. we targeted mainly 305 families. And we conducted mainly four projects where we ran wash awareness, education, housing support, and health camps. So we had, wash, we had conducted wash awareness programs for the students, child-friendly activities. We had support, uh, we had done partial housing support and then conducted health camps. So this was right after the earthquake and also about four or five months later, which is one of my favorite projects uh, that I was a part of as we for change was School on Wheels. What we did was before free HIV testing bus came into rise, we had a van. Uh, we had a van and we had uh, restructured the van into a moving library, which was then called School on Wheels. So we identified 26 most earthquake affected districts. And then the van moved to this 26 most earthquake affected districts. And the van was converted into a moving library. So we went to schools, we went to communities, we worked with children because children were so much traumatized. They were in a fear that they were like, Oh, oh my God, the quake, could, the, uh, the quake could come in any second. So they mm. were really very traumatized. So we worked with them. We, uh, we played with them. We studied with them. They were like coming to our library. They were reading books. Mm. And so in this way, we went to 26 different districts and we worked with children through school on well. So uh, this was what we did uh, right after the earthquake. I just can't believe how, how many different sort of areas uh, We for Change has, has been tackling um, it's, I don't know how you, how you manage all this, Topeka, but I can obviously hear through your voice just how much passion you have for this, for creating change for youth. And I mean, as soon as an, an, an event like the, the earthquake happened, I can't imagine how, where you begin to start. I mean, there's just buildings falling down, but the fact that you got out and yeah, engaged these communities and started improving on their mental health, that's really incredible. And you touched on how you saw Nepal sort of really unite during that time of crisis. Um, we're currently seeing Australia go through a similar thing with the bushfires. Yeah. Um, but yeah. the, what's important is people really, they get together. And um, I think, yeah, if, if youth can be um, highlighted and empowered to, to um, really pay, play a big part in, in these uh, times of crisis, I think that's, 
it's, it's important for them to uh, first of all understand the the, the um, impact and then be empowered and know how to uh, act promptly so um, moving on a bit you you're a recipient um, of this uh, a prize called the peace first USA fellowship um, as a result because you mobilized uh, over 150 young people to raise their voices for health concerns um, as a result of air pollution do you, do you mind sharing a bit more about that is air pollution quite a big problem in Kathmandu? And how important is that we continue to educate youth around, I guess, the climate justice and tackling issues such as air pollution? Yeah, Kathmandu has been considered as like the, in the top 10 most polluted city in the world, which is really a bad news. So uh, it's like uh, whenever the pollutants in the air uh, crosses 300 micrograms of pollutants, the, uh, this situation has to be called as an emergency situation. And the air level, uh, the pollutant level in the air of Kathmandu has already touched 250 micrograms. So this is nearly to an emergency situation. Mm-hmm. And this air pollution has been affecting the health of all the people here so much that people are getting cardiac disease, respiratory disease, eye problems and so much more diseases and almost like 35,000 people and more are losing life every day due to this problem of air pollution. And what we thought was nobody was like raising voice against this problem. It was basically because of the construction work, developmental works that was ongoing and also due to the folk, due to the government not focusing on this problem. and. Mainly, general public was not raising voice against this. General public was not pushing and pressurizing government to take action. So mm-hmm. what we did was, I thought of a project where we could unite young people just to raise voice. Nothing more. We mm-hmm. would do silent rallies and we would just stand with satirical pamphlets in front of the government agencies. So we conducted a project, Pahal, due to which, through the help of Peace Force, due to which I was uh, awarded as Peace Force a recipient. So mm-hmm. I was really very lucky to be a part of that. So what Project Pahal did was it, was, it was organized in three phases. And in all three phases, young people gathered around and then conducted silent rallies. And we also shared satirical pamphlets through the social media. And what, uh, it was all just to raise voice and stand against this injustice to pressurize government that people are not happy with what government is doing for not taking action against this issue. So we just conducted three phases of silent rallies around the major hub of Kathmandu area. And then we shared the satirical pamphlets. And what one good thing happened was young people were really uniting together to stand against this injustice. They were like aware general public could see what we wanted and Government Ministry of Environment recognized our initiative. They had given a call to v for change and, um, and then uh, they, re- they said that they had recognized our initiative and they were really happy that we took a stand. So it was really good to hear that at least they recognized our initiative and at least young people are now concerned towards uh, to push and pressurize government to take actions against this. So Paul had been a really great initiative and a really great start i will say i will say it as a start not an yeah. end so it's a really great start to stand against this injustice i'm glad that they um i mean that project and the silent protest had had a bit of an impact there 
so did did the government go ahead and uh, change any major or change much of the um, policy or anything around pollution? Did you see much of a result? Not much, but they have uh, installed like in the major hubs of Kathmandu, they have installed pollution meters and they have installed uh, dustbins and they have like they have now systemized a traffic system in uh, in case of the vehicles because vehicles are one of the greatest greatest uh, measures that are producing pollution. So uh, they are they are trying uh, every day. So at least we should recognize their startups. Definitely, yeah. Um, so I want to ask you for a bit bit of a maybe of an insight on what practical measures do you think should be put in place to to possibly build the future capacity of youth and begin the process of developing powerful leaders such as yourself in communities in Kathmandu and as well as in other countries. Um, do you want to share a bit on what's your thoughts on, uh, on capacity building for future leaders? So the major thing that I have felt throughout my journey till date and what I've seen throughout others' journey is trust towards young people is really very important because, because respecting our decisions, providing space for our ideas, valuing our ideas and trusting us is really very important because building a trust towards young people can help motivate them to work better. Listening to their voices, investing in young people is really very important, right? So also mm-hmm. like involving them in every level of work from planning, to decision making like um, like just recent recently in uh, cop i guess uh, there was a youth group where our global change makers were also present so this mm-hmm. was one of the initiatives that uh, that that was taken in listening and trusting young people voices so things like this could be done and also what i feel is i really love i really loved global youth summit and this was a, a small scale a small scale summit and I feel that in every country, if such summit was conducted, people would really be empowered. The young people would really be motivated to do better because uh, they would learn, learn so much on decision-making process. They would learn a design thinking process. They would learn to uh, build uh, their strength, know their weaknesses. They would learn how other people are doing things around the world and they would get motivated. And, in, and instantly after this, I really know that they would do great and they would do very, very better. No, the, the summit was incredible for, I think a lot of, there's a lot of people out there like yourself um, who identify issues and act on them, but then bring, bring um, 60 young, young people together to bounce off each other and um, share ideas and even future possible collaboration between each other is really empowering. Uh, I, I hope there's more opportunities for, for youth out there in the coming future. I just wanted to add a thing that building, one of the most important thing in young people's journey is that people would trust them because this is such a crucial phase that this is, a, this is like molding a pot, you know? Mm. Like if, if you are like, uh, you, if you are like supported, if you are trusted, then people can go in positive direction. But if you're not trusted, if, you're, if your voice hasn't been heard, then you would be discouraged and you could, there would be possibility of moving in a negative direction. So it's really necessary to trust young people, to listen to their voices, respect their decisions, because that will really help them motivate and empower them to move in a correct, correct 
processed and correct way that will not only help them but also help in the good of all the country and or and in large scale all the world definitely yeah i couldn't agree more because i mean everyone's talking about the the current climate crisis but in any areas of where it's social activism um environmental justice um and issues such as air pollution it's i think the older generation yeah, youth empowerment is is critical because i mean we're the ones and our and our children and our children's children are the ones that are going to be uh, dealing with the consequences of our actions today so we have to have that mindset of um yeah thinking in the future and empowering youth is key to that um i want to ask you a bit about your own perspective and how you've adopted this massive uh, personal commitment to change so how have how have you endeavoured to create such a positive mindset and have like and such vibrant energy that keeps bouncing off all these projects that you're doing? What so ultimately what keeps you striving um towards this this end goal, Topeka? I really love this quote by Malala that when the whole world is silent, even one voice becomes powerful. So I really really love this quote because this is such a powerful quote. When the whole and this is what led me to Pahal too, because nobody was raising the voice against air pollution. So why not me? Because one and and the result was one voice was becoming powerful through that process. So I really love this quote, and I believe that if people want to contribute for positive change, firstly they themselves should be positive, and mm. maybe this is why I really always try to become positive. I really try to become cheerful because maybe. seeing me cheerful people would be cheerful and that is what is needed to have a positive change and when when we have a growth mindset we always try to move out of comfort zone we always uh, uh, we also always charge ourselves for challenges and and whenever we are facing a challenges there is always two types of results either you achieve something or you fail and whenever you fail that's not even failing because you learn by your mistake and then you get a chance to improve in the future so there's nothing to lose so that is what that always keeps me motivated towards doing something and moving forward and i really love that always you always need to have a positive attitude to move toward towards something great to move towards collecting people move towards influencing people move towards motivating people and working together no i definitely think that Yes, yeah, first of all is positive mindset. I mean you you can be I think there's a fine line between being overly optimistic. Yes, there's lots of issues that we need to face and digesting them first, but yeah, first I think once you adopt that positive mindset, um it radiates amongst others and that's how you begin to build that collaboration. And um the work you're doing through We for Change, I think it's definitely built that momentum. Yeah, I hope you have a, an excellent year. in 2020 what what sort of uh are some future programs that that you're looking at um tackling this year to pika um basically this year will be like full of challenges because i am i have to complete my study this year and this year will be because i forgot to tell something about we for change one of the mm-hmm. excellent thing that i love about we for change is like we have two years of leadership handover process So every two years, we have our board of director changes because we provide a platform for young leaders to enhance their leadership through 
the board of directors process because they will be the major decision making body of the organization so every two years our leadership our board of directors changes and we hand over our leadership so 2019 and 2021 is my tenure so at the end of uh, 2020 uh, at the end of march 2021 i'll be handing over my leadership to a new generation so this year will be really great challenges for me because i have to build something for my organization i have to leave live over something great for my organization for my coming leaders so there will be challenges for my organization i'm looking forward to mm -hmm. work on the environment sector i'm looking forward to uh, uh, i'm looking forward to basically to work on programs related to climate crisis related to climate justice i want to aware young generation especially school going children about climate change and basically protection of our environment so i'll be looking forward for environment project and um, yeah that's it Oh, well, incredible. I think you've got enough on your hands, but with that yeah. enthusiasm and energy and um, the team around you, I'm sure you'll, you'll be able to tackle those, do those projects front on. Yeah, I have a great team. And uh, there's also one challenge that I have that our team has to build future leader for our organization too. So with my team, I'll also be working on that. And in 2021, we'll have to like change the strategic plan. We'll be working on that too. So there are lots for 2020 and I really hope that everything will go great. No, definitely. And the fact that you've identified the, the need to pass on the baton and empower other youth to step into these leadership roles, that's, that's critical. And I think it's really impressive the work that you guys are doing. And if, if you guys, the listeners out there want to um, have a look at we for Change website. There's um, plenty of information about their projects and the initiatives that they've launched, and you can check it out there. Topeka, it's been really great chatting to you today. I've I've had a great time, and um, I think you've really gave, given us and everyone listening a great insight into the work of youth and the importance of youth empowerment. So thank you. Yeah, thank you so much. I had such a great time. Thank you for inviting me. Thank you for listening to my thoughts. It was really great. If you'd like to know more about Global Changemakers and our mission of enabling youth to create a positive impact in their communities, you can visit our website at global-changemakers.net or follow us on social media at WeAreGCM. And if you'd like to support us further, go check out our Patreon page at Global Changemakers and help us have a greater impact. Thanks for joining us on this episode of Young Changemakers. See you next Tuesday.